This is Community Roundtable, a production of .com Plus, 105.5 FM WNSP, 92.1 WZEW, 96.5 The Crab, and 92.5 The Soul. Here's Kelly Finley. Good Sunday morning and welcome to the Community Roundtable. I'm Kelly Finley. Very excited to talk to you and always encourage you with some major motivation. That's what I get to do each Sunday. As I do with my guests, when they come visit, I have them introduce themselves and tell you who they're with and then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you again. I know. It's like reunion time, right? It is. that. Let everyone know who you are. My name is Frank Barrow and I have the privilege, I like to say, of being the Director of Army Instruction for the Mobile County JRT program. I've been doing that now, believe it or not, for over 20 years, which is why my hair looks uh, <laughs> a lot more gray than it did a few years ago. Well, listen, sir, if you are really who you say you are, you know, we've got a vast military community that listens. Let them know your rank, too, please. I'm a retired lieutenant colonel for the United States Army, and I did 22 and a half years active duty and served uh, with the 82nd Airborne Division. It was one of my highlights of my career, but but I uh, served as an air defense artillery officer. That's why I call him Lieutenant Colonel. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all that you did then and you continue to do. And that was the purpose of me scheduling this interview because I want people to know all the goodness that's happening in the community, but ways they can get involved too. Um, our country has taken kind of a gut punch in different ways. Um, and so it's a good reminder as to um, the importance of understanding how you can give back to your country, uh, ways from a volunteer standpoint, and just helping young people especially understand their worth. Now, you do all that. Our program does an excellent job of just that. And I think, too, when we look at society, America Day, I think you would agree, has become very selfish as a in general. Yeah. And referring back to some biblical type quotes, you know, Jesus asked us to look and, and serving others is a much better thing to do. And we yeah. try to instill that in our, our young people to – to look at how they can serve the community and, and serve their families. And, and I think you get a lot more joy out of life if you do that. But JRTC instills a lot of those type of qualities. And we have some outstanding instructors in our district, uh, very proud of what they do. They're on the front lines, I really believe, of uh, changing young people's attitudes and, more importantly, to give them pathways to success in what the American dream can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's important. A lot of these children don't have structure that they so desperately need. And uh, when we look across America today, I really think that's one of America's biggest challenges is to make sure that our young people have an opportunity to see a pathway to success. Because if they don't have that, there's, there's, they're going to belong to something, and typically that's not good. And mm-hmm. uh, I always look, I look real hard at what some of the some of the aspects of our society that concern me. Our prisons shouldn't be as full as they are. No, and the they reason not. they're full is because these children today aren't getting the love and the compassion and the direction that they need. And that doesn't mean that you give them everything, but you're you're providing structure and discipline. And there's the big L word called love. If a student knows that they're loved they are going to go to that and, and seek guidance from that type of individual that provides that. So. And and you're providing them with a safe place. You're, you're being consistent. I, I, I used to tell my kids when they were little bitty babies, I don't care if you like me, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. My job is to provide for you. We're, 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 it's not a popularity contest. And, you know, you had that moment where you're like, oh, my goodness, I sound like my parents. But it's true. 
And you don't just love on your own kids, though. You go help the next. And I love what I really love about you. And I'm a huge I've been a huge fan of yours for years and your wife, too, and your kids. (laughs) But it's it's when you look at your Facebook page, because social media is a big deal, especially in this generation. You have so much diversity on your page. You love up on on your guys as you do your young ladies. You're there not just for high school. You're part of weddings. And I mean, you're part of the family. And that means something. I've been very blessed in that regard, and, and I get such – a lot of people ask, you, well, you know, what How do you what do you get out of this JROTC thing? Because, you know, you're in high school or, or you're at the district level and you're working hard and all these things. How, how do you re- feel rewarded? You know, is it financially? Or, and I always say no. It's difficult to, uh, to put into uh, context except to say there's a powerful feeling that you get back uh, from these young people when they come back to you years later. I was literally sitting, standing outside just a moment ago. Uh-huh. A, a FedEx truck drove by, and this person nearly runs off the road saying, Hey, Colonel Barrow, how are you doing? It's good to see you. And they, and they flew on down the road. I couldn't even catch who it was, but it's a former <laughs> student of mine. And to have that privilege, it really is a privilege. When you have three or four, you know, 300 Facebook friends that are now graduates and young productive people in, in our society, and they still reach back to me as an instructor, my God, that's, 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 I can't describe how powerful that is as a, as a feeling. And so I consider it a blessing. And uh, it's been a real, a, a real wonderful 20 years that I've had now with this district. Yeah. I will say that now that I'm at the district level, I've been there for nine years already. I was taught for 11 at LaFleur High School, and I, I just still love that school. Uh, it's a little different because I don't get to see and, and have that deep relationship with a student. However, what, I, what it has allowed me to do is to meet students from across the district and, and a broad spectrum of, of diverse opinions and lifestyles and so forth. So that's been a lot of fun, too. That, that part of it is nice. And, you know, you know, children, and not that I'm equating them with puppies, but children and puppies, they know good people. They run toward you or they run away from you. And the fact that you get such a reaction and from the different schools, because, you know, different schools are in different districts, which means from a from an economic standpoint, you see different dollars. But that love is there. It is. It's, It's very much there. And it goes back, though, I think kids are eager for that. They're eager to anybody who's willing to open up their heart. And if you're able to do that. Uh, again, you can make a powerful impact on these young people and give them direction. You, one, a couple of things that I've always, when we have new instructors come in, there's, there's aspects of this job that are important. You can never lose your integrity because if you've ever lied to a student or they or you mislead them, you'll lose it forever. Yes. But, and sometimes when you first start, it takes a while. You've got to earn their respect. And once they, once you have them, though, and then they realize that you genuinely care about their future and want them to be successful and go on and do great things, uh, then they will become your huge, your biggest advocate. Mm-hmm. And that uh, speaks volumes uh, about all of our instructors that establish that relationship. And not everybody's capable of doing it, but it's uh, those that do, they, they really change lives, and that's so nice to see. You mentioned uh, I had the – one of my young ladies, Miss Mia Ankrum, just recently was married, and she asked me to walk her down the aisle. Oh, stop. That, that oh. sort of thing is, 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 is immeasurable in terms of the, right. the joy I had in the young man that she married uh-huh. is an Air Force veteran, had been wounded in uh-huh. Afghanistan and Iraq. So great, great young people that we see now go out and be successful. I had one of my kids come back, and he was getting promoted to major. I mean, I know I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked me to, to on the day after Thanksgiving, can I have my family? I'd like for you to be the guy to, to promote me. Those things are, mm. are, are immeasurable and, and 
again, I, I'm, I'm a very blessed individual. And I know our military families know what that means. And I and I say, you know, I worked for the Marine Corps for three years, so I have a unique um, angle of looking mm-hmm. at this. But I know our military fam- families understand that. But just our civilian families, they get it, too, because, listen, I know as moms, I know Mother's Day is like every day as far as I'm concerned. But Father's Day is like, whoop. <laughs> um, but fathers matter. And you're a very proud father and a very proud grandfather, but it doesn't just mean to those who have your same last name. Right. You're, you can be a father figure to uh, to any child that needs one. And and this type of job gave me that opportunity. I, I had a great dad. My, my father was a great uh, influencer in my life and continues to be so. I'm very blessed to still have him. But the one thing that I am so proud that he, as a young person, he instilled in us is one, treat everybody with respect, regardless of background. Be willing to see the good in anybody that you see, regardless of demographic. And uh, I was able to carry that not only through my Army career, but also present day. And I think we need that. You look, you look at the divisiveness that we face uh, in America today, and I'm a pretty conservative guy, but mm-hmm. by the same token, we can't afford to be separate in our thinking and, and believe that, that, well, one person is better than the other. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is that everybody in America has potential. Every single person has that potential. And our job as instructors and as father figures is to help that person realize that potential. One of the things that we started a few years ago, and you were part of that when we started our JRTC STEM Leadership Academy here yes. at Spring Hill College, mm-hmm. we've been so successful with that. We're going to have our seventh camp this summer. It's a week-long resident camp where we get these kids out of some sometimes difficult circumstances at home. And most of the time, these kids are what I would call a regular student. They're not in honors. They're not AP. But we give them some very difficult uh, challenging STEM projects, you know, science, technology, engineering, or mathematics. And these kids, when they started, they're like, man, this is going to be hard. But then they get it. And what's so fun is they say, well, I can do these things. I can become, perhaps, if I want to go become an engineer or if I want to pursue a medical pursuit or, or if I want to go become uh, work in all these wonderful skilled labor opportunities that exist here in our community. Yes. And there are we have hundreds and hundreds of job opportunities for our students. They just don't know about they it. They don't know about it. And using your platform that you do to encourage them and, and highlight local and how they can take those local talents and go way far out and still come back and, and then build right. their own community. That's exactly right. They can they can work locally, but these jobs, I was at, uh, uh, by way of example, last uh, week we toured Acra Solutions again, which is here in Mobile County. I don't know if you've ever visited there, but they build umbilical that connect all of our natural gas and oil wells across the world. Wow! And that is a worldwide company. It's owned by, owned by the Norwegians, if I have it correct. Mm-hmm. And so those young people that work there have the opportunity to go around the world, the world from a company here in Mobile, Alabama. And that's not with the military. That's a separate business, and they get paid very well. In fact, what was really nice – oh, my goodness. <laughs> One of them are probably calling you right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. It happens. I had done it. That's okay. But but one of the engineers there now is a young man, Sean East, who I had the privilege of commissioning at South Alabama back in 1996. So that, it's nice to have young people that he's got a grown family now. Yeah. Was, and you know what's so cool about you is that you aren't just saying it, you're seeing it. You're you're believing it. You're walking it. And then you're helping others to realize it. Because sometimes you hear about accomplished people who have done all these things and their family's okay, but, but they don't help the next person. But the fact that you are making sure that other people have these opportunities is a really big thing. And you know, 
along those lines, let me let me just go along with this. Sure. So you have a um, like a like a um, help sheet that helps people to understand who you are and what you do. So here's the first question: What is JROTC? It's the Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps. It's it's been around for over a century now. I started with one of the National Defense Acts way back. Uh, originally, of course, it was designed to help if you. Back when it was first formed, you had World War One on the horizon. Later, in World War Two, and so forth. But you know, obviously, when you have those type of world crises, uh, high school kids unfortunately bear the burden of those type of events and sacrifice not only in terms of uh, commitment but also blood and blood and treasure. But that program has grown now into this. It's the number one citizenship program in America today, and. I'm very proud to be a part of that. Uh, but we're all over the United States. We're also over in overseas territories and over in some of our Department of Defense schools in, in Europe and uh, Japan and other places. Uh, it allows us to help our youngsters develop some skills. I call them employability skills or soft skill sets that our businesses are begging for. And paying good money uh, for. Paying good money for. And fortunately, here in the state of Alabama, we are unique in that we are under the career and technical education umbrella, which is a good fit for JROTC. But regardless of where we are, uh, the instructors that we have across America help young people develop things like uh, decision-making skills, uh, discipline skills, uh, time management. Time management. Is, is huge. <laughs> yes. Financial management. Yes. Because so many of our children uh, don't have that at home. And they, they get out in the real world and make mistakes early on, which are very difficult to get away from. Yeah. We also teach, obviously, leadership is one of our strong suits. But part of leadership is that you know how to be a good follower. So you're part of a team. Wait, will you repeat that one more time, please? Part of leadership is that you must be a good follower. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that all of those type of disciplines are what we teach. We get a lot of industry folks come to us and say, if you can just get them to do those, those skill sets, we can teach them the skill that they need to do for the job. But they need to come prepared to be a part of the team. And most most industries today are it's all about the team. There's very few eyes in in teamwork right. jobs, right. and uh, and that's important. And and I I think it's important to remind because here's you know as parents you know we do our best. But let's say I'll use me as an example. I'm trying to save the world all in 20 minutes. Okay, right. so time management obviously isn't a strong suit, and it, <laughs> and if that's if that's how I'm rolling, and my kid has the same issue, it's okay to say let me put them in a program that will help them be you know ten steps better than me twenty years earlier. Right. It's okay to say that, especially when you've got this type of leadership that's right here. It's, it is, and time management is is extremely critical for mm-hmm. our young people. One of the challenges they have today, and, and I'm glad I grew up in the era that I did. To be honest, uh, I think that. There are a lot of pressures. Our little cell phones, the one that just blasted off a moment ago, <laughs> are wonderful tools, and they're very powerful tools. But there's also a negative aspect of it, and that is there's a demand. I'm sure that all of us feel obligated daily to check, well, where am I on Facebook? Where am I on uh, Snapchat? Where am I on Instagram? Where the tweeting, are we doing that? Of course, that's a huge issue. I mean, if you watch every news show, what's going on with Elon Musk, and you can debate that issue all day long, but – those that instrument requires us to have commit a lot of time to yes. it, and in the past that wasn't a an issue. So where do you how do you measure that? Are we going to dedicate thirty minutes a day? And children today, it's 
for example, that camp we have, we take their phones away for that week. And that, believe it or not, they, they go a little bit. Some of them start to shake. It's because it's become an addiction almost. Yeah, it's like, it's like Linus and their blanket. It is. And, mm-hmm. But the, believe it or not, after a day, their heads actually rise up. You know, They're always at a sort of a 45-degree <laughs> angle, and they rise up. The other aspect of it with the phones is their ability to communicate face-to-face. Is they, they don't they get a little nervous if I have to look somebody in the eye. Yeah, uh, I know or when shake I walk. A hand. I walk college campuses a lot as part of my what I do in, in my job when I go visit different uh, folks on campuses and talk about junior ROTC and how we can get kids there. And, and when students walk by, none of them are looking at you. They're all looking at their phones and they have their headphones on. And I always make a very deliberate point of saying, "Hey, good morning. How are you doing?" <laughs> And it, and it startles them just about mm-hmm. every time I get a, a startled look, and, and then they'll reply, well, yeah, good morning. And I, I think we've got to get back in balance. We're not in balance right now with that particular tool, mm-hmm. and not to mention the social uh, the abuse that some kids get on social media is, is awful. It is. I've it witnessed is. it, and you see kids, and it's a result of some kids, you know, suicide and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not good. Even here in our district, we've had that happen. Well, having that instant access to your kid, there's no one that's that important that needs to be able to speak with your child at all times. I mean, that's and right. I know some people say it's easier said than done, and and, and parents and grandparents, because more grandparents are raising the kids, they, they do the best they can. But again, if you know about educational opportunities, like this, if you know about activities that allow them to be them be- their best selves, right. it's up to you now to help get them there. They they depend on us. That's so important. And let me share with you sometimes what's a little frustrating to us. Every now and then we'll come across a really talented young person. You can see all this great potential, and then they want to be a part of us, be a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. In many instances, though, a parent will say, "No, I don't. I, I need you to be a homer." Or I can't have you gone that long. And they're, what they're really doing is they're, they're not seeing the long picture that that child is eventually going to grow up and should move on to their own life. That's, that's the way we're designed as human beings. That's right. And that can be a little frustrating to us. I've had it happen with some of my students when I was at LaFleur. Uh, and I know my instructors complain about it frequently that, oh, man, this, this, this parent won't let them go to this camp or they won't let them scared participate. Scared of the unknown. They're scared of the unknown. And, and you know, the, we, we don't want to be overly restrictive either, so there's a balance that has to be made. Talk to that parent right now. Tell them something. If I could encourage if, uh, any parent that is listening to this that has a child involved in our program, I can assure you that everything that we offer them is in the best interest of that student's future. And you should never, ever fear uh, letting allowing us to to be a part of their lives and to allow that student to be a a part of something bigger than themselves and we have so many programs and so many some things that we've introduced for example in mobile county which since the last time you and i have talked we have a robust vex robotics team yes i want to know about them we have drones uh, we have competitive drone teams now which we've just introduced this past year in fact we have some teams compete in dallas texas from lafleur high school blunt high school and murphy high school with vex robotics and blunt my young instructor out there i'll give him a shout out robbie cross brought a team he stayed in dallas with with students for uh, for two weeks and mr wood and that faculty out there at blunt high school allowed them to do that gave them work to do while they're there but they had a a, an experience that they will treasure forever forever like that's life-changing and i love the leopards love them and they've done a good job there's so much talent and academic success in that school and and it's people like you that can that can combine and connect them with these opportunities that's right because everybody's better 
Well, I'm very, very proud of Mr. Woods for letting that. He supports that program. Mr. 100%. Woods, I'm he, a fan. Uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I'll share a story with you. I, I pushed for a long time to to let him to let that school replicate like we were doing at Lafleur High School, where every freshman had to take it as a for one semester. And he was a little reluctant, but finally he did. And Colonel Cross came on board along with a couple of other NCOs, Sergeant Major Brown, and a first sergeant named Freddie Green. Freddie's no longer with us, but they turned the culture around in that school. It went from being probably one of the more difficult schools we had with our program, JRTC program, and now it is a top-tier program. And and the you have instructors, other classroom teachers walking around saying, lepers lead the way, and it's all because of the attitudes those instructors provided and those students. When I walk out there now, they come up, they're excited to see you, they're, they communicate well, and they, they recognize, man, this, there's so many opportunities for me as a result of this program. So that, that, that's the power of JROTC and, and extraordinary, extremely proud of, of what they've done. And our other programs are also doing extremely well uh, and, and have done so habitually. Uh, but to see one go from a, where they were struggling to now, to, and it's really, Mr. Woods, i got to say thanks for letting us show you what we're capable of doing. I love that, giving those shout-outs. Well-earned, well-deserved. If you're just tuning into the Community Roundtable, you're listening to Lieutenant Colonel Frank Barrow. He is a retired from U.S. Army, Director of Army Instruction, JROTC, Mobile County Public School System, um, and making sure to empower our young people with opportunities because they matter and they're worth it. What we didn't talk about is where are you originally from? Well, I was my, my my mother's from Germany. I was born there. Uh, my father met her while he was stationed there in the Air Force. Uh, I was born in Wiesbaden in 1958 on Christmas Day. You're a Christmas I'm Day a Christmas baby. baby. <laughs> and so we came back to America. I guess I was around eight months old, uh, and we went to Crestview, Florida. Now, my poor mother, she uh, it was Crestview, Florida, in that era was really uh, just a, a very small country town, and they lived in the country. And her first meal, I recall, was go for stew, go for tortoise, if you've ever <laughs> oh, heard. No. It's, it's, a, it's a turtle that's popular in that area. It's called Hoover's Chicken for you history buffs out there. But uh, he, So your mom's, she's out of her country yes. coming to this new country in the country. Literally. Literally. Well, she's a, a war, World War II survivor. She lost her dad. Gotcha. She was a refugee. Uh, she passed last June. And I'm, I'm actually glad that the good Lord took her home because I think if she saw what was happening in the Ukraine now, she would be reliving all of that experience. It was rough. Yeah. Uh, their, their home blew up or apartment, uh, and they lost everything. So she is very much just like what you see on the news now. But they came to uh, Florida. My father ultimately went to Tallahassee to Florida State University earned his bachelor's, master's, and Ph.D., and came to South Alabama in 1966. And so as a young boy, I was in the third grade, went to Forest Hill Elementary, to John Will Elementary, E.R. Dixon Elementary, uh, from there to uh, high school at John Shaw High School. He went to Hillsdale Middle School also, so uh, Mobile became home for me. And then, of course, I went to service, met my wife at South Alabama. We got married, and, and we ran off to the, uh, <laughs> to the Army. Never thought I'd stay in for 22 years. I was supposed to do four and go to law school afterward. She keeps asking me, when are you going to go to law school? <laughs> right. So that might not happen that at may this point. not so. happen. But God had a different path for us, and uh, I'm very, very grateful for the direction that he took me. What, what would you say to the young you when it comes to all that you're doing for other people? What would you say? I think that part of me was always there. I, I, I did boneheaded things as a young person. I think most of us do. Right. Uh, I know that as I've gotten older, uh, I'm, I'm 
blessed. And a lot of military careers suffer. It's, a, it's not an easy life when you're married and have young families. But I'm so blessed that my wife and I have the uh, two daughters that have done well. Uh, they've married some terrific young young men, and they each have a girl and a boy. So we're blessed with grandchildren. And uh, my, one of my son-in-laws is a pilot in the Air Force. He's a lieutenant colonel stationed at Scott Air Force Base. So very proud of, of him as well as my other son-in-law who works for Books A Million, done extremely well in that company. And they provided well. And uh, and my wife and I are as close as we could ever be. So if, if you can get 42 years under your belt <laughs> and with, with a full military career, right on. It's, uh, it's a challenge, but I'm so, again, very grateful that, that uh, I was able to come back. And serving has always been a part of my uh, thinking, though. Again, I got that from my father. That's it. And I know your parent, your dad's still here. Your mom unfortunately passed away. But boy, are they proud of their kid. They are. Big time. And, Big and time. I hope that I, I continue to make make them proud and i would be remiss if i didn't shout out your wife because so many people you know they see the man or the woman who's wearing the uniform but they forget that these people are able to soar and to do what they do because they've got that foundation at home absolutely and i love that you always give her kudos and praise i mean when you see her it makes sense because she's amazing well she you know they she raised our girls we had children early in my career when you're a young soldier uh, or any service member you know, the military likes to say it's family-oriented. Yes, it is. It has become more so. But nonetheless, the mission is always going to be first. And and uh, with units like the ones I was in, 82nd Airborne Division, you're, if they say go, well, you're, you're going wherever they say go. And so she deserves so much credit for the many months that you're away. And uh, I, I'm very lucky to have her in my life. So Love that. So as we look forward, okay, so it's 2022, of course. What's on the horizon? What are you hoping um, our young people take away from what they've seen this year as they go into a new school year before you know it? Well, a couple of other shout-outs. So we were very lucky to get through the COVID crisis here. Mr. Threadgill did an awesome job, he and Dr. Brackens, of guiding us through that with as least, the least amount of controversy as possible. Uh, when I talk to my counterparts across the country, other directors of Army instructions, and mm-hmm. we talk regularly, uh, many of them were shut down completely. They did nothing. I mean, nothing for two years. We had one summer where we, where we did not have our camp, and that was when the first crisis that was in 2020. But we were able to do just about everything we normally do during a school year as a result of the leadership that we had there. So I'm indebted to that. Yeah, as we like look they're forward, powerhouses. They're powerhouses. <laughs> they are, uh, but they allow. Uh, I'm fortunate, and they give me free reign to to run things because they know I'm I'm fairly aggressive. On I don't need a lot of guidance. I, I'm going to push the envelope. Sometimes my guys say I push too hard, and, and that may be true. But I always remind them, everything that I do is about these children that are in our classroom. That's the only reason we exist. And we must make every effort to be a a powerful influence in their lives so that they can be successful, the next generation can be successful. What I'll tell our young people that are going to be with us again next year is to look for uh, better and bigger things to happen. One thing, for example, we just received from the state of Alabama. You know, people criticize the state of Alabama, education, so forth. They just gave every JROTC program $5,000 per program to invest in drone technology or cybersecurity or, or robotics. And 
I've already spent those. We have twelve <laughs> schools at sixty thousand dollars. You wasted that's a, no time. That was exactly, and and that was a gift from our career tech education folks in the state uh, legislators that supported that. So that's huge. That, that is real huge. So it, it is a mistake to be critical of public education in Alabama to say that they don't do enough for our students. They do. We just have to be smart on how we execute those plans. Well, I think many times you hear the, you hear the criticism from people who either don't live here or right. they had one bad experience and they allow that to shape who they, they are. And unfortunately, you know, I. I always say words have power. So I'm glad that you're wrapping us up with that nugget of goodness. How can people follow up if they have questions? Um, what's the best way? They can always contact me at the district. Uh, my email address is rfbarrow or rfbarrow at mcpss.com. If you're a parent and you're interested in what we do and what we offer your children, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Our business line is 251 221 5100. And I welcome calls from anybody that's that interested in talking to us about what we can do to improve our, our system here. So I love that. Thank you so much for joining me. I do Thank appreciate it. Thank you for having you. me. It's always good to see you. Absolutely. And since, you know, you are retired U.S. Army, I'll ask you to do you know what right about now. Which is? You know. Because if, if I were a Marine, I would say, ooh, Oh, i say, hoo That's what you're going to say. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Lieutenant Colonel Barrow. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Community Roundtable. Keep it tuned to the Sound of Mobile Station. Coming up next is 251 Now with Kelly Finley. You've been listening to Community Roundtable, a production of .com Plus, 105.5 FM WNSP, 92.1 WZEW, 96.5 The Crab, and 92.5 The Soul. Tune in next Sunday at 7 a.m. for another edition of Community Roundtable on the Sound of Mobile.